Welcome to the Abbott Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message. I'm Pastor Josh Hammond. Time to get that multitasking, 100 billion neuron connecting, priority arranging segment of your wonderfully constructed brain to contemplate this. Ever wonder how many handshakes take place in a day? How many hugs happen? How many one-to-one face-to-face conversations go on? What about glances, kisses, laughs, and prayers? Ways we connect. And you, right there, right now. How are you connected to the person next to you, the people around you, your friends, your enemies, the strange dude at the mall? How about the movies you watch, the books you read, the messages all around you? And how do you connect differently than people connected in the past? So many thoughts, ideas, blogs, texts, posts, and tweets these days. Everybody wants to connect to someone or something. And the world wide web of intersection and connection has changed everything. Get this, one out of eight couples married in the U.S. in 2008 met through social media. Unfortunately, half will be divorced in five years, connected and disconnected. There are over 500 million active Facebook users who spend over 700 billion minutes per month clicking, posting, uploading, and downloading. An average user is connected to 80 community pages, groups, and events, and each person creates 90 pieces of content each month. Folks got a lot to share, a lot to say. So much that the average user spends 55 minutes per day, 6.5 hours per week, or about 1.3 full days per month on Facebook. And that's just people sitting around home, because more than 200 million are on Facebook through mobile phones nowadays, because long lost are the days of landline phones, busy tones, and yeah, David Jones. And speaking of cell phones, in 2004, 674 million were sold, which is 105 million less than the 779 million sold in 2005, which is nothing compared to the almost 4 billion sold in the last three years. Some people in the world who don't have toilets or houses have cell phones. People really want to connect. But wait, there's more. One trillion text messages were sent in 2008, 1.5 trillion in 2009, and then it went up to 6.1 trillion just recently. That's a thousand texts per person for every person on the planet. That's a lot of connecting. Yet this hasn't even scratched the surface. There's over 50 million tweets per day, over 60 million LinkedIn people, and 43 million people still visit MySpace per month. Then there's however many millions on Ning, Tag, Meetup, Bebo, My Yearbook, and Friendster looking at everything from posts to pics to video. Speaking of which, it would take you over 27 years without sleeping to watch all the videos uploaded on YouTube just this week. Everybody wants to connect. Connect with a friend, connect with family, connect to the past, connect to the future, connect to God. Hmm. Connect with God. The one who created connections, voices, images, ears, eyes, smiles, kisses, glances, faces, friends, music, color, stars, electricity, light, laughter, and love, just to name a few. Connect with him? Now what does that mean? Well, you connect the dots. Come on now. You connect the dots. You're made for connection. There's this powerful thing that's at work inside of you. It's this aching, it's this longing, it's this desire that was made by the master's hand that creates this momentum, this almost black hole and vacuum inside of you that's drawing you into something. This feeling, we call it loneliness. And it's drawing us into this powerful, created, like designed by the master's hand need inside of us called connection. But we have so much connection nowadays. We're oversaturated with connection nowadays that it's all filled up. In fact, we're more connected in this generation, in this time, than any time in in world history. Obviously, you saw the data. Facts speak, right? I remember the days. Some of you might remember this with me, old timers. The days of corded phones with rotary dial. And the way you stayed connected 
uh, to whoever you were talking to was by having a longer cord. So much so that it would bunch up into this huge, crazy, ratted ball and be like, hold on a second, I got to hold it upside down while it, so I can get into the kitchen and keep cooking while I'm connected. And now you just talk to some little tiny thing called Alexa or whatever it is, right? And it connects you to everybody in the whole world. You can stay connected. But the amazing thing is that these connections, technological connections, where we're posting and connecting and talking, they leave us wanting. They're shallow. They're not at the depth that our creator made us at, that fill that space of loneliness. Yeah, we're more connected in ways where I know what's going on in your life and when you're having babies and parties and bar mitzvahs or whatever, right? I see so much more, you see so much more, but we're missing something in this space, this feeling, this authentic connection with God and with others. And many times we'll just saturate and fill up our life because we're saying, I'm lonely, I need a connection. And then we just keep, we keep filling up the space. And we'll even move towards unhealthy connections, from shallow connections to unhealthy ones where we're, we're so desperate to feel accepted. We're so desperate to feel this connection the, and, and to fill that gap in space of loneliness in our life that we will put anything in there. We'll experiment and try all kinds of things to fill up that space. But what happens is we end up just lonely, needy, wanting. But God made us for this incredible connection with him. And in that connection, we get so filled up, destined by God, that we are able to then connect with others. Let's look at what 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 11 says. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it's, be, it's to bring glory to God. And if we're in our right minds, it's for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We embrace you today. We're asking, Holy Spirit, you would speak revelation to us. We'd be shifted in the, our minds the way we think and see, how we see ourselves before you, how we know what we were created for. And God, you would cause us to move our lives towards authentic, designed by the master's hand connection that will fulfill the longing and desire in our heart and fulfill the purpose you made us for. 
God, will you shift us today by the power of your Holy Spirit? Come, move in our life. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to have your way today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So who is responsible for connecting? Us? That is very easy to say, right? But when the rubber meets the road or it gets hard and you feel lonely and you were gone from church for three, four weeks or uh, you had a baby and nobody knew about it and nobody posted on your Facebook, like, hey, I saw you got that baby. Good job. And you're like, oh, nobody cares about me. Does anybody really love me? Does any, what, you know, nobody really cares. And you, one of the most amazing things about uh, church life, and as we sort of track and evaluate the reason why people leave this church specifically, the number one reason I have a hard time connecting Do you know what the number one reason people are leaving churches all over America for? They're having a hard time connecting. And I, I just imagine, how many churches do we go from one to the next to the next and we keep going, everybody in this world has a problem with connecting. It's not just us. It's not like one little group, all oh, these guys just struggle with connection. We're oversaturated with connection, with actually shallow and less meaningful connection that we have gotten used to not making room and creating margin for authentic God-designed connection. And the Lord wants to disrupt our worlds and get us to begin to create margin for authentic connection. And that's where you and I are going to find true fulfillment. And honestly, we've got to get over and past blaming people for our lack of connection. See, all the time we want to look out the window when there's a problem and point a finger. Oh, it's that guy, that dude in the mall, running, weird guy running across, right? Rather than look in the mirror and take responsibility. When we have a problem, guess what? You and I, we carry our problems everywhere we go. And if we just pick up a mirror and look in it, we'd be like, hey, there you are, problem. God bless you today. At the same time, full of this unbelievable value that God created and bestowed and he, he, he like sees in us. So we're equally as valuable as we are responsible for our life. So many times we want to just toxic shame ourselves and say, oh, well, it's me. I, I, I'm responsible for this connection and I'm doing so bad and I never do. I'm always pointing the finger at everybody else. Okay, we can't go to both extremes. Humility says, I'm going to look at myself honestly, where I begin and end and with my troubles, my problems, and with the tremendous value that God places on my life and he places on others. And I'm going to be okay with it all. I'm going to move forward into what he made me for. But God made you and I for this deep, authentic connection. But you know, it's, it's New Year's, right? So it's time for resolutions, isn't it? It's time to come up with a new plan, to make a shift. We're gonna do something new in 2019, right? We do this every year, it's great. It's, I love this time, because I like to set goals. I'm a massive optimist. So thinking about what's possible and what could happen that's great, I just sign me up, I love it. I remember I was about 50 pounds heavier at the time. Uh, I was talking to my wife and I'm like, I'm losing weight. 
I'm doing this. And I go, I'm starting now. Here I go. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just going to keep moving till I'm the weight I want to be. <laughs> you know how long that lasted? About five minutes, <laughs> right? I did not end up the way I wanted to be. Not that way, right? But she did laugh, which was great. That was actually my number one goal. <laughs> so many times, it, we, have these, we have these great goals, these life goals, good goal. And the, the big thing is, is like, why do we quit? Why do we not do it? I mean, how easy is it to give up? It's kind of easy, right? I mean, think about your New Year's resolutions. We, like, make them all the time. And then how easy is it to give up? But I want you to think about how easy it is to give up oxygen. A little harder, right? And how much harder would you fight for it in your life? You start running out of oxygen. Somebody's covering your mouth. You're starting to go to war, right? Food, water. These are pretty important, aren't they? And all of a sudden, our motivation for, from, from this desire to survive or to get something into our life that we desperately know we need, it goes way up because oxygen's pretty important to us. Everybody in the room? No aquatic uh, individuals in here that aquamen, aquawomen that can breathe underwater? We need oxygen. We, we need it to survive. We need food to survive. But guess what? You and I were made for authentic connection, and we need it to survive. The problem is, is how important it is to us. That's what makes it so easy to quit. It makes it so easy. When something is not important enough to us, then it's just really easy to sort of move on. And go, well, you know, I really actually like sitting on my couch a lot more than going to the gym, and I'm kind of happy with all this right here. I just kind of like my cozy friends. And so we go, yeah, I'm going to stay the same. Well, praise God. It wasn't that important to you. But listen, having connection with God, this is like oxygen. This is the kind of vitamins and nutrients that you and I have to begin to shift how we see it, how important it is to us. You and I are made so just it woven into the fiber of our being. There's a shape that is so lonely for God. And it's just drawing us into him all the time. And we can try to make all these thousands and thousands of micro-connections all the time, but it's always going to leave us wanting because you're created and designed for a relationship with your master with your God, with your creator. And when he fills you with his love, he then compels you for another created need, which is to draw others into a relationship with him. You have a need, a loneliness need, to help meet God's loneliness need. He wants to grow his family. God is a lonely God. And he did that on purpose. He made us like him in his image. He has real feelings. He's lonely for you. And he's got a wildness about his love for you. And there's a space in his heart that's designed for every person who will choose and believe him. Will it be you today? What about the people you know? What 
kind of love relationship do you have with God that causes you to want to share his love with others so they can have that same connection? The Apostle Paul is this fascinating um, uh, you know, person that existed, and he wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament, but he also wrote the, wrote the passage that we read uh, just a little bit ago in 2 Corinthians, and he also wrote the most powerful thesis on love that's ever been written in the entire world. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You should read it. He saw life and his relationship with God so different than most people see. And it compelled him, it drove him to live a life that was radical. And he had this amazing connection with God that he went off from village to village and traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles around making huge amounts of personal sacrifice, making his own tents so he would not be a burden on the communities he went to, to provide and serve and love and give his life for them so they could have that same crazy connection with God that he had. He didn't just talk about it. He lived it. And he made these authentic connections with the people he served, so much so that they became like kids to him. Timothy was one of his main disciples, and Timothy became like a son to him. And he knew all of his family members' names. And in 1 Thessalonians, it says, you know, I didn't come there and just share the gospel with you. I shared my whole life with you as well. He made these authentic connections with the leaders he developed. He made authentic connections with the people in the community and he loved them from a genuine place in his heart that came from this connection with the Father God. It was actually filled up in his heart and motivated him to reach out and to love people. It is the foundation of connection. This love relationship we have with God is the foundation for all authentic connection. It starts with connecting with God. Let's dive in to what Paul teaches here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord. Do we really? Just pause for a second. Do we really understand? Paul does, and he's assuming that these disciples did. Do we understand our fearful responsibility before the Lord? There, there is a responsibility that God places on those that give their heart to him to carry out his mission. And we need to take it serious. Paul understood God gave him a mission to work hard and persuade others to know that we are sincere. He, he, he knew that he had a calling to persuade others to fall in love with this wild, loving God. It was his mission. That is not just a person's mission. That's every person who loves Jesus and has a connection with him. We all have a mandate, and we all stand before the Father God. And he's going to ask us, hey, how did you do with the responsibilities I gave you? Thank God we have a merciful, loving God, right? But I'm serious. 
No matter how much my dad loves me, when he's holding me accountable and I did not do the things that I was supposed to do, I don't like that moment. Imagine that moment standing in front of the all-powerful, all-loving God asking you that question. How'd you do with the time, the responsibility I gave you? Did you share the connection I had with you with others? Listen, I got so radically rescued by Jesus and all I'd ever done was curse his name. That's all I ever did was use his name as a swear word. Never went to church, never read a Bible, and then he rescued me. Why did he do that? He's got this wildness about him that doesn't make perfect sense to our natural mind. But you and I are called to, to take this connection that we have with God and share it with others. In, in verse 11, it goes on, it says, God knows we are insincere, and I hope you know this too. We are are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. You and I, uh, we can totally in this day and age completely admire these individuals that have these spectacular ministries that reach thousands and maybe millions. Do you know what? Paul taught that passage in 1 Corinthians 13. He said, all that stuff, if it's not done with a sincere heart of love, it's a clanging gong, an empty symbol. It means nothing. Your life and the fruit of your life has no value in eternity if it's not done from a sincere heart of love. The, the ministry that you have and you're responsible for starts with love. The foundation of it is love. And that foundation starts with a connection with the Father and just falling in love with Him. And then you and I are called to help others make that same connection. It's our job. And you and I, whether you say, oh, I'm going to be a pastor or not, doesn't matter. You don't need a title. You got the job. We stand before God for it. That's why it's a fearful responsibility. You can brag about whatever you do all day long, but if you don't have a sincere heart of genuine, authentic love for others, it's never gonna fulfill that depth of, of, of need and loneliness for connection you have in your life. You and I are made to connect with God, but then we'll still be lonely. When Adam was in the garden, he had a full, perfect connection with God and no sin. And guess what? He was lonely. And he made him woman. Hallelujah. Best thing God ever made, right? <laughs> Amen, says my wife. It's true. Perfect connection with God. All I need is God. No, no, no. God made you to need others as well. Verse 13, if it seems we're crazy, it's to bring glory to God. And if we're in our right minds, it's for your benefit. This is such an awesome thing to say. Look, God's love is crazy. It makes no sense. It, it, it blows our minds. It is just 
Our love, what we expect in our life, is I do something for you, and then I get something in return. I come to your house, I fix your sink, I'm a plumber. I'm, you're expecting that I'm expecting, you're gonna pay for that. I give you something, you're like, what does that cost? How much do you want for that? But in God's economy, in God's lifestyle, in his culture, he's a crazy love. When he came and rescued me, he didn't ask me for anything. I never even asked him for it. All I did is swear about him. And he, he came and he just captured me up. And he goes, I'm crazy. I'm a crazy God who's crazy in love with you. And I got filled with his presence that day. And all I did was believe that he, Jesus was truly God. And he just loved me that much. He was so crazy and he didn't ask me for anything. But then he put something in me. He dropped this wild stallion inside my heart that's just, just running around in there. And it's his love. And it's wild in there. And it just runs around and it just starts to bump all kinds of other stuff out. And it makes me love people and want to also help others have that same connection that makes no sense to my natural mind. It's crazy. I'm going to do things for you that make no sense because of that wild stallion kind of love that doesn't make sense going on inside of me going on inside of you who believe. You've got to let that love loose. Let it run wild in there. And that happens when you connect with the Father and he just starts agitating your love inside and going, you need connection with others. Others need connection with me. Come on, let's go. Let's, let's get moving on this thing. Sometimes it's gonna make sense to people. Other times it's gonna blow them away. But when God asks you to do something that has this wildness about it, say yes. Somebody's about to get saved. Somebody's about to have a connection with the Father God. Say yes to the wild, crazy, ridiculous love going on inside you. You don't need a fair exchange for services when you love God. Look at verse 14. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. See, when this love comes in, it takes possession of you. You still have a free will, but it's running around in there like a wild stallion trying to disrupt your old life, your selfish about you life. It's trying to take hold of you and get you to participate in this connected love with God. This Greek word that says control here, um, this Greek word also in other versions, you see it, it means to compel. But when you read the definition, it has so many different facets to it. It's an action word, okay? This is a verb that means to cover your ears, to crowd against, to guard, to hold in custody or in prison, to compel and urge upon, to suffer, be, to be distressed and devoted to. See, we're made for this imprisoning kind of love with a free will, <laughs> okay? 
God's wild. He knows exactly how to create the appropriate amount of tension inside of our life from our free will and his power of motivation working inside us. See, love is so powerful, it covers our ears so we hear no other voice but the voice of the Holy One crowding in on our thoughts and feelings, imprisoning us to his will, urging our selfishness to suffer and be devoted to his unconditionally crazy love. That's what it means to be compelled by the love of God. Just block out my ears, Lord. La, 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 la. Everybody else is telling me to be selfish. You shouldn't do that for people. And the devil's like, no, do it for yourself. You're like, la, 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 la. Closing my ears to everything else but my love relationship with you because I'm imprisoned by your love, God. I am compelled by your love. It motivates me. Crazy things are happening inside of me to do wild stuff to see other people have a connection with the living God who loves them. Set it loose. Block the other things out. But it is attacking your selfishness. When it's compelling you, it's also creating a disturbance in your selfishness. It's disrupting it. It's distressing it. It's making your selfishness suffer. To have a real connected life isn't about others caring about you. And then thinking about you all the time, that's actually codependency. I need you to pay attention to me. A connected life is I'm fully and independently connected to the craziest, wildest God who loves me for whatever reason. Doesn't make sense to my natural head because I did nothing to deserve it. And I'm so in love with him that I want you to have a connection with him. And that's what I fall in love with is I serve you and I create opportunities for you to meet with God. That's when I get connected. And the most powerful connection you can have with somebody is by telling them about Jesus. And when they hear about Jesus and you watch them get saved in front of your eyes, you'll never, you'll never break that connection. I can remember every single person I've stood in front of and witnessed to and led to Jesus personally. It's unbelievable, the connection you have with him. God made you for that connection. And you will not feel the fulfillment of the, the, the thing you are destined for until you start telling people about the connection you have with God and living in it and sharing it with others. This church should be so filled up with brand new believers because of you. And the empowerment of the connection you have with God overcomes the fear and the distress that you have in yourself that you tell others about him. You love them and you invite them. They show up to church, you're like, hey, I don't have to know everything, but I'm crazy about God and I'm crazy about you. That makes no sense. Exactly, because I'm crazy. Verse 15, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Those who receive his new life will never live for themselves. Those who receive his new life will never, 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 not sometimes or when I need a personal day. No, never. It's not spa day. Okay, it's been spa day for too many years in America. 
Spotting Christianity is like, well, we'll get there when we get there. God wants to use you and I now. And you and I are longing for it. You know you're made for it. You feel it. Whose responsibility is it to connect? He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was risen for them. He died and was risen so you could have a connection and others could have it too. And he made it so easy. It's just so easy. No one is outside or has sinned so much that they can't receive the love of Jesus and over and he can forgive them for all their sin. Nobody has blown it so bad. He loves them all, loves us all. Nobody is outside his reach. You and I should have a crazy kind of love that's so wild that it doesn't matter what someone looks like, acts like, smells like, or what they've done in their life. We're not looking on the outside of them and judging them by the outside. We're looking at something different. Verse 16, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Shift how you see people. At one time, we thought of Christ merely as a, from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. Think about the Roman soldier who was a part of crucifying Jesus. They stick him up there and they kill him. He, he dies. They stick the spear in him and he comes down. And then the place goes dark. The earth begins to shake. And he's like, whoa, wait a second. I thought that was just a dude. Oh, how differently I see him now, he says. I think that might be the Son of God. Even his disciples struggle with understanding, really, okay, he's really the Son of God. And then he stands up and he goes, peace to the storm. They're like, I think that guy might be the Son of God. Raises Lazarus from the dead. He goes, that guy might be the Son of God. And then they go back to being normal with him. So much of our life with God is made relationally in connection that it feels normal, but he's God. He's the creator of the universe that calls you friend and messes with your head. He calls you brother and he says, you better be afraid, I'm God. You're like, what? <laughs> Listen, people, the, 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 the early uh, like priests, the high priests got to go into the presence of God at once a year. And they tied a rope around their ankle and they put a bell on it. So whenever he's in there, he's like jingling. Because he's so afraid of the power of God's presence because he knows if he's not fully cleansed of all his sin, he didn't think of everything, kill all the animals, do all the blood, do all the stuff. He's gonna go in there and then the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God will kill him instantly because of his sin. Everybody's like, oh, what a great honor. You're going to go in to like worship guys. <laughs> and when they died and the bell stopped ringing, they just pull them out. <laughs> but we serve such a crazy, loving God that he himself went and died for us so that we could have new life, crazy life filled with his love. And we are not to be evaluating ourselves or others by the way they look from a human point of view, rather that they're made for a connection with the living God and they're worth 
our sacrifice to our old life and our flesh and our selfishness and all the other temporal feed me, take care of me and polish my nail connections that we fill our lives with rather than helping people have an encounter with the living God. Verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ, you belong if you choose him, has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. The new life comes with responsibility. And that's to carry his presence into your world with a connection that is so wild and so crazy with the Father God that it compels you to share it with other people. But listen, you don't need to start, go shop another church. You're in a good church with people that love you. What you need, and you're longing for connection, what you need is to become a pillar of connection with God, with other believers, and with the people that don't know him yet. Can you imagine what our church will be like? Come on, I'm prophesying right now. Will be like next year when we're double the people and each one of you has led someone to Jesus. New Year's resolution, let's make some margin. You're like, I can't do that. You don't have to. Just be crazy enough to share the connection you have with God with others. Keep doing it over and over and over again till somebody gets saved. And don't say no, don't say quit because it's your responsibility. And now instead of like your new diet, it's down here in this responsibility zone. It's not that important to you. It becomes as important to you as oxygen. If I live and breathe today, it's gonna be because I'm gonna be making a crazy love connection with God and sharing it with other people. And I'm not gonna stop. I'm not gonna stop. This church ought to double. Come on. Double in Jesus' name. God, fill my heart with your love. So much passion with you that I can't stop telling people about how good you are. God, fill me with your love today that I'd be so full that I could share your love with others and they would know you and they would never be able to be separated from your love because your love connection's permanent. You might be here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Today is your day. You get to have a wild, crazy love connection with God. No matter what you've done, where you come from, doesn't matter what you think about God or any of that stuff. The things I thought about God before he met me were so heathen and wild and stupid. Didn't matter to him. It's the response you have in your heart towards him and receiving him simply as God, Jesus as God, and confessing with your mouth, Jesus, you're my Lord. That's it. That's how you get saved, and that's how you make this love relationship, this crazy thing, kick off in your new life. Your old life begins to look in the rearview mirror. Would you close your eyes with me for a moment? If you're here today, and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, today is the day. Just do it today. Don't hesitate or wait. If you're here today, all you've gotta do is pray with me in just a moment. But if you would, just slip your hand up in the air. You're here today. Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life. Jesus, I'm ready to receive you, and I want to turn my life over to you. Anybody here, you're ready to pray and receive Jesus as your Lord? Yeah. I see your hand. 
Pray this with me. Say, Jesus, today, I believe you are God. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Fill my life today with your crazy and wild love. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will you stand with me, church? <clears throat> we ready for a different, a shift? A shift where we include people at a real connection, a deeper connection. We invite them into our homes. We go out to coffee with them. We, we tell them about how good Jesus is. We share the love connection we have, not only with believers, but people that haven't met him yet, but they're gonna. Do we have the faith to believe that people are gonna meet Jesus because of us? Don't think so big. Think small in a big way. We think super big. We like get overwhelmed with, oh, how can we do it? You don't have to do all that stuff, just one. Think small in a big way. This small one transaction of you sharing your love connection with God and with another person in our church could mean they don't commit suicide. It could mean that they, they, they don't drift off and lose connection with the church. It could mean that they get saved for the very first time. You matter that much. Your small thing is a big thing to a really, really big God who's crazy about you. Father, we love you today. And as we just close with worship, we're honoring you and we're turning our life and making a New Year's resolution that God, you matter. Your love matters. Your love and connection with others matter. And we wanna move forward in that. And we're just gonna keep trying every day. Empower us by your Holy Spirit. Set that wildness, that wild love uh, just on fire inside of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. We hope to see you soon.